Hi, I'm Lee. I'm Joe. And we are The Rewinders. And uh, what do we do on this podcast? We watch movies that we watched when we were kids, and we watch them again to see if they hold up. Mm-hmm. And this time we're going to, uh, well, we watched The Princess Bride, and I think it still holds up. Wow, you well, right on the bat. Let's let's just close it up. We are the rewinders, so if That's you want to let us know about what you think about our show, you just wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Maybe maybe not Fred Savage holds up. Oh, Fred, no. Wait, wait, hold on. Maybe not. Eric. Maybe not Robin Wright holds up. She's she plays Princess Butter. Oh, okay, thank you. Sorry, you you left the the realm of the people who I know names. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well. <sighs> Uh, I'm just trying to remember when I saw this. I'm I'm guessing I don't I think I saw it on video because I don't I'm I obviously saw it on video. I definitely didn't see it mm-hmm. in, in the theaters. I don't think anyone really. I didn't see it in the theater. Saw this in the theaters. No, um, it was came out in 1987, and I'm sure it was just on TV. Just happened to see it that way. I don't think my parents rented it, or I'm sure that's where I saw it first. But the biggest thing that stuck with me was the uh, sword fight scene yeah, yeah. on top of the Cliffs of Insanity. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a rental in my house, and mm-hmm. that's where it started. And I'm sure we quickly picked up a copy after that because mm-hmm. we watched it I don't know how many times. That or we taped it off of TV. Sure. One of the two. I think I saw it more in DVD form than than VHS as a kid or on TV. Whenever they had it, so it was probably. I think I definitely would see this, have seen this more in uh, late teens, early twenties. I think that's, it. Kind of, it kind of seemed to get cult status at that point. Yeah, than I, before. I would say so. Um, but the other other scene I remember as a kid was the uh, with the, the rats in the fire swamp. Yep, was it, yeah. Was it called the fire swamp? Did it have a specific name? fire swamp? I, it didn't have a clever like cliffs of insanity. Or no, no swamps of. Swampitude. No. Okay. Not that I remember. <laughs> this one um, started off interesting because the first thing you see is the title and that says The Princess Bride and you're coughing. <laughs> <laughs> and then a video game being played. Yeah, yeah. What video game? It was a baseball game. It but... just was, uh, I think that was a Commodore 64 baseball game. I'm oh. pretty sure. Okay, because so... I, I did see on his, uh, on Fred Savage's bed, it wasn't uh uh, NES or uh, controller or no 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 yeah he had a a, uh, a joystick that kind of resembled the joystick I had for my Atari but mm-hmm. i that game obviously was much better than an Atari game yeah it looked pretty good for the the graphics at the time but he, he comes out and it's uh, Fred Savage um, in his bedroom and he's sick and I liked his bedroom at least because it looked as an adult because it looked like a real kid's bedroom. Yeah. Because there was stuff everywhere. Especially from the time period. It and was the, time the correct time period. Yeah. Yeah, and he was wearing a Chicago Bears uh, jersey. Mm-hmm. And behind him was a refrigerator. The refrigerator. William, the refrigerator Perry? William Perry was the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. it was posted behind him. And he likes the Cubs. And so it shows that, oh, this kid likes sports. Ah. Uh, and then he had Cheetos and a couple of He-Man <laughs> figures everywhere. <laughs> that Cheetos uh, bag behind him, I don't you know, that. I like that old logo. I didn't. I did not notice? even see the Cheetos bag this time. <laughs> I and that. I was watching it in pristine HD. Ooh. But yeah, he's staying home sick, 
and his dad, no, his grandpa comes comes in to read him a story to make him feel better. Yep. But was it Christmas time? Yes. You can, I only picked up on it just this viewing. Me, uh, me Cause, too. Because yep. it didn't matter before. It, it, it doesn't matter now. It just. You can I, see there's a, a Santa Claus mm-hmm. on his Bedroom, closet door. Closet door. And then I think there's one behind him. And then when his mom comes in to say, your uh, grandpa's coming to visit, yep. she opens the curtains. And this is the first time, I'm, I think my second viewing I did this time around for the podcast, I saw, oh, there's it's a matte painting yeah. of snow and the rest of the um The houses all have lights on and snow. Yep. And that was the first time watching it that I noticed that, too. <laughs> That's funny. Watching it the first time, I noticed, hey, there's a Santa Claus. And now the second time, oh, yeah, there's <laughs> it, this Christmas time. And they never say it, so that yeah, it doesn't. doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, the only thing that matters is Grandpa comes by, yeah. cheer him up, and gives him a present. So I guess that's the his Christmas yeah. present, an old crappy book that he says that he <laughs> read as, or his his father read to him as a kid, which doesn't make sense because the real Princess Bride book was written in 1973, and it's 1987. This is Peter I, Falk is a lying <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> It's fantasy Lee. This is this isn't real. Oh, okay. Okay, fine. So Colombo comes in and I think he has too much hair, like he looks a little too much old makeup on his hair. It looks yeah, like, they, like they, they tried to gray him up a lot. Yeah, they grayed him up a little too much. I even noticed that as a kid that it just yeah. did, it looked too much. But it's okay. Everything about the movie is a little bit too much. And that's what what they can get away with because yeah. as the story goes on, it's a fantasy world. It's a storytelling. They can get away with the sets looking cheap and uh, lighting and so on and, because it's fine. Yeah. It's a story. And, and that's what's actually cool about it. I assume that was intentional. Um, never know. You never I, know I, I don't know. You don't I know. never heard anything either way about that. Yeah. Another fun thing is... <laughs> Well, so this is uh, Fred Savage's first bigger role before he got uh, to be on the the Wonder Years, which yep. was a a show that we watched a lot. And you my parents watched. A lot. I watched a lot. Okay, I was. That was. Leave me out of this show. I'm gonna leave you out of this show. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you and my wife too. So my parents loved watching the Wonder Years, probably because it was back in the '60s, and so it was kind of that. But they always said, "Oh, you look." At, when I was that age. You look like uh, Fred Savage. I guess I was a cuter kid than I am now. This is, well, that was before the world showed me that you don't, you're terrible and everything's terrible and <laughs> just crushed every dream I had. So maybe I was a happier, cuter kid. But what's really funny is my wife also hates that show and hates Fred Savage. And I, that always makes me think, oh, my parents always said I looked like Fred Savage. <laughs> No, it, it it's not the same. Not it's anymore. not the same. We're both total chuds now, so. <laughs> anyway, that was a little side note. But we go into it, and Peter Falk, Columbo, starts telling a story, starts reading the book, reading the and book, the yep. kid it does not want to no. have any of this. Nope. Just, is there sports in this? And he's like, yeah, there's sword fighting, there's mm-hmm. danger, and then, yeah, there's true romance, and it goes in really quick, I think. Yeah, it does. It just gets right in there. Yep. And it it starts off with just, oh, you see a farm and a buttercup and uh, the farm boy, Wesley. Mm-hmm. And he he's basically their their slave uh, working, he's, cutting. He's a farmhand. He's, he's a farmhand. not a slave. He's but an indentured servant. It, it doesn't make sense. I think they go in too quickly. 
to the scene because it, it starts off. You see Robin Wright as as, yeah. as Buttercup, yeah, and she's ordering Westley, the farm boy, around, who's played by uh, Carrie Elwes, yeah, Elwes, however you pronounce it. I think it's it. Elwes. Okay, okay. Um, but what's missing is her parents. Yeah, it, it everyone just, else is missing. <laughs> it's bizarre. The, the two of them are completely alone, and there's they're out in the wilderness. Yeah. No, no town nearby, and it goes quickly of them interacting with each other. And every time she asks her something, he says, as you wish, with his beautiful hair in front of him. <laughs> he is way more beautiful than she is, in my opinion. <laughs> even, as a, even as a kid, I never found her attractive. I, I mean, I, I can appreciate his handsomeness. And, you know, jealousy, of course. But just, just so way more pretty than she is. Anyway, <laughs> I'm kind of t- right. am, I, am I, uh, taking you off guard with this? <laughs> no, um, I guess maybe a little bit. Uh, All right, sure. But he's he's more pretty than she is, and since they're the only two around, of course they fall in love. Yeah, yeah. And as a kid, okay, sure, that's fine. And as an adult, why do they fall in love? Well, why are they there? Why are they there? What's going Her on? Her house is only one giant room. <laughs> With a chair in the corner and a fireplace and a pseudo kitchen kind of ed- area. I, I think it's a kitchen toilet area. You know, they combine <laughs> the two together, save room. I mean, it's dirt floor with hay. Around. Hey, at least she's out there on her own, and and you know, she's got a farm. She's, that, she's proven true. to the world at that period in time that she's a woman and she can take care of herself with her indentured servant. <laughs> well, she is kind of a little bit of a stronger character um she's not completely well yeah they don't she, they don't show that right off they don't the bat. show it right off the bat well anyway yeah so they they are just hanging out and every time and and they fall in love and that's yeah. when uh fred savage like no stop what what movie is this they're falling in love i don't care and he's no and that, that's what's neat it cuts back and forth from from the movie being uh, the story being told and then cuts to back to mm-hmm. the framing of it but then he assures him that it's going to be a good story so continue on and for some reason, West, Westley has to leave. Yeah. Why does he have to leave? Uh, well, if he's an indentured servant, he doesn't have any money because uh. he's just working off debt. And um, he has to raise money, basically, so that they can afford things because apparently they don't earn anything from their giant farm they have in this valley. It, again, he just needs <laughs> to make money for them so that they can be a thing. Okay, I guess so. So he decides the best thing to do is, is go become a pirate. Go, well, no. Oh, no, he gets killed. Oh, that's right. He gets killed by pirates. And then Fred Savage says, getting killed by, killed by pirates is good. Yep. And that's a good line. But then it, it immediately, yeah, it just says that he, he went out to, to find his, his fortune or jobs, and he got killed by the uh, dreaded... Pirate dre- Roberts. Yeah. Dreaded Pirate Roberts. Dreaded Pirate Roberts. Yeah, yeah. And... That she she's now devastated. Buttercup, oh, terrible name by the way too. <laughs> terrible name. Buttercup. Eh, even as a kid, again as a kid, nope. Dumb name. I hate it. I, can I call her something else? You are anti Buttercup this whole time. I think she's I, pretty. You th- you okay? Well, yeah. Do yeah, you think she's pretty? Yeah. I think I think seeing her now, I think she's more pretty now. Uh, she's in House of Cards now. I don't know if you've seen that. No. I'd say she's more attractive now than as a... Is is she still playing Buttercup? 
Oh yeah, that's all she's ever. She learned that <laughs> what, first role, and then that's all she ever plays. said. You are only doing this. This is it. This is what you got. But now you're in the White House. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sort of like uh, uh, Bruce Willis. He only plays one type of character himself. Yeah, he's Bruce Willis every time. <laughs> anyway, so she she says, "I will never love again." Yep. He is dead. I will never love again. And then we flash flash forward five years, and apparently the prince of the land yep. can. Decided in law, I can marry anyone I want. Yep. Boom, I pick her. And then she's instantly shown to the everyone, pu- else. everyone else in the kingdom. Yep. This is going to be my princess bride. Yep. You don't see any, uh, how she got to, to be there. Yeah, well, um, does that out. have any reason or matter to the it overall story? It just seems very quick. Yeah. I guess. Everything's really fast right now. Remember... If we look in the context of how they're delivering us the story, the grandfather is reading this story to his grandson. His grandson is not all interested. Oh, do you think... So he's probably skipping a bunch of stuff just to get to the, the good or meatier things. So Peter Falk is Because the story him. does okay. slow down a little bit coming up here. It does quite a bit. Um, but, well, it's good, though, because it introduces three amazing characters... Well, so the okay, so you have, yeah. It just describes quickly that she is, she 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 doesn't love him, love uh, Prince Humperdinck. Humperdinck, and you really can tell that he's the bad guy, or so he's up to something. He's at least sleazy. He is at least sleazy, and uh, she she it says that she the only thing that she likes to do is go on her horse rides. Yeah, and then we introduce to our three awesome characters. At least two of them are awesome. <laughs> And you, it, I instantly see this again. Loved how they were introduced. Just they're standing at at because they're all different heights. Yep, going up like that is just charming. So you have uh, Sean Wallace playing uh, Vizeni. He's the he's the mastermind of this gang. Mm-hmm. Um, Mandy Patinkin playing Anigo Montoya, the swashbuckler, sword, Spanish swordsman. Yep, and then uh, Fezic. 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 Yeah, I didn't want to say it wrong. Yeah. And this is the reason why I remember it as a kid is it's play, being played by Andre the Giant. Yeah. And he is so charming of a person. <laughs> and they are there to kidnap the princess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's funny is she's on a horse and she stops and they're ask, uh, asking, so is there a, a – we're new here. Is there a place we can go? And she says, no, there's there isn't a place here for, for miles. Good. Then no one hear you scream. And she just – Hangs out on the horse. You can ride away. They don't have horses. Yep. They're on foot. Get get out of there. <laughs> get out of there as quick as you can. Nope. She just waits and then for a giant hand, Andre the Giant's hand to grab her by the neck and she faints before he actually touches her. <laughs> I like it though. You like it though? I do like it. It's, I, again, I, I see it the way you are, are saying guess, it, but it doesn't matter because it, yes. I think it's already been etched into my brain. <laughs> As a watching it for so long, for so many years, mm-hmm. that I think it's now, like you said, it's kind of charming it, now. I, I, I wouldn't say I don't, I'm not saying I'm, uh, I'm pointing it out because I hate it. I'm just pointing it out because it's just noticeable. It is but, noticeable, yeah. But I, I don't mind it either. Yeah. I think it's it's fine. It's it's okay. It, in the it way works. that they're delivering the story, mm-hmm. it's totally fine. Mm. Now, if this was like a super serious story, <laughs> yeah. this would not work. <laughs> exactly. So their game plan is, or at least Vizzini's game plan, is that they're they're being paid by another country that's enemies with 
Prince Humberdick's country, right? Uh, yes. Uh, and that he's they're kidnapping oh. her yep. to start a war. Yep. So they plant some evidence on her horse, uh, send it back to their kingdom, and then they go on to a, a little ship. Yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna just hide out with her for a while, to, and then hopefully the war starts. That's where getting paid by this other country. While they're getting getting ready, they have a little bit of interaction between uh, Andre the Giant and uh, Anigo Van. How do you say his name? <laughs> Indigo. I've heard it. I thought it, they said it two different ways in the movie. That could just be. Like, I always wanted to call him Indigo. Indigo, yeah. But if you read his name in the credits, in- there's no D. It's Indigo. Oh, yeah. You're right. Good interaction, though, because it's just showing that the two of them. Vicini is actually the mastermind and kind yeah. of more evil. He's, he's yeah. even saying, we're going to kill her when we're done with this. And they yeah. say, I'm going to kill her. I don't want to kill this, this yeah. girl. You never said, we're just here for the money. And now we're just going to kidnap her. We're going to keep her safe. That's fine. Now you want to kill her? This mm-hmm. is no. This is not acceptable. So that way you get to see that these guys, these are the good yeah, guys. Yeah, they have morals, mm-hmm. even though they are being put in the bad guy roles, that you can tell they're actually good guys in bad guy situations. And then they just yeah, start talking to each other, and apparently Andre's character likes is a good rhymer, or likes to rhyme. Yeah. I have a hard time understanding what Andre is saying. <laughs> I know, because he's, I mean, English isn't his first language, he's French, so, mm-hmm. and, he's, and he's just so big, and his voice is so, yeah. his vocal cords are so different. I had a really hard time throughout the movie. Did you put on the captions so you I could did, see how I, he rhymed? I didn't because I started really trying to pay attention to what he was saying. And having seen the movie so many times, I'd say as a kid I just ignored it and just was just in awe. Of, Look, it's Andre the Giant on screen <laughs> and it's great. Yeah. But you can tell he is um, – it looks like it sucks to be Andre the Giant. Throughout the movie you can tell that he is in pain. Oh yeah, he like was. He, yeah, that he's standing, he's holding, he's uh, yeah, put, bracing himself or standing certain ways, and then you realize that. Oh, I looked it up that he had, had back surgery. I think after or before or after this movie. Yeah, something he couldn't do any lifting. Yeah, he couldn't even like do any this. lifting. See, so one of the strongest men in the world, and he couldn't actually even lift Robin Wright later on. We have to carry. She was on wires, and same with a, a fight later on. I'm making myself sad thinking of Andre the Giant. What was oh, what was really good though was he really liked doing this movie because he said that um, nobody stared at him weird when he was doing this movie, which is nice. Yeah, I think I remember hearing. that. Yeah, I remember watching a quick little documentary that was made early 2000s for the DVD that yeah. he said that he really liked it. No one stared at him. No one pointed. He was just an, a normal guy. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Andre the Giant. <laughs> but then they go on a ship. To get away, to go to the Cliffs of Sanity, but they're being chased by another boat. Well, they don't know if they're being chased. Well, an ego thinks he's be- they're being chased, or he's he another boat. Yeah, he's just, is there anyone following us? That's true. And Buttercup fi- thinks, this is a good idea to jump jump out and start swimming. Yeah. Better not swim, there's eels. Eels. Was it, were they, did they have, oh, sh- shrieking eels, I think? They're yeah, they're called? shrieking eels that apparently eat human flesh. And they start shrieking just before they feast. Yeah. It's intense. <laughs> I, I have to say, as a, as a child, I believe that all eels look like this after this movie. They don't? <laughs> no, they, they don't. Uh, it, was, it was a much nice thing to find out as an adult that eels come in much smaller sizes and uh, are not 
all like this. You're going to have to share the information with me because I'm still terrified of them. They're <laughs> water snakes with fangs. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, but stay away from those. They're not, they're not all that. They're not all like fire hoses with shark teeth. Uh, no, I think they looked good. The, yeah, the they look scary. They look scary, and I think maybe that stuck in my brain too. It stuck in my brain. I don't want to go anywhere near these. Near, near these in water, the grandson starts getting nervous, and so yeah, they stop. He stops reading the story. It's okay, and he reassures him, which is really cool because that shows that now he's getting into the story. Yeah. He's really getting into what's happening. As before, he's he said something like. Oh, I'll try to stay awake while you read this to me. Oh, thank you so much for and technically that probably matches the audience too. I'd say so too. Because yeah. around that point is when everything starts pulling you in. Yeah, you like starting the starting to like the, the characters, seeing what's going on yeah. in the situation. But luckily a big giant hand comes in and clobbers. Punches a goddamn eel in the face. <laughs> Just whoop and then and then the other hand Picks her right up, yep, and puts Buttercup back into the into the little ship, and they continue on their way. Then we see a lot of matte paintings up ahead <laughs> of the cliffs of insanity. We still have that other boat following behind, getting them. closer and closer. Yep. yep, and now they're getting a little more nervous. But Andre the Giant can pull us up the rope that's conveniently there in the these giant cliffs they of insanity. Did they pre? No, that's they had to because. This is obviously something they've done before because oh. they said only Fezzik is the one that's only able to climb this rope. That's true. So Vizzini probably and they had set a special harness for him. Well, I didn't know if like maybe this is just like a gang spot and they all each have their own <laughs> giant that does this. <laughs> yeah, so they all get harnessed onto onto the giant and they're he's pulling up all well himself and three others. Yeah, and oh. This man in black is chasing him, and he's gaining on them. Who actually looks like he's honestly climbing the rope at first, and then in yeah, later it's like the legs swinging and stuff. And it cuts back and forth, and you can tell that from the bottom to the top to the matte painting that all different rocks are different colors, yeah. the sky is different, and then it doesn't matter because you're reading a, a fairy tale story. Yeah. They get to the top, and uh, Vizzini cuts the rope. <laughs> And it goes down, and nope, of course, the man in black that's chasing them is is hot, hang, hanging on for dear life. Uh, Vizzini tells Inigo, hold him off, and we're going to keep on going. And then Inigo says, I will, I will duel him, but with his accent, I, th- I, said, I thought he said, I will do him with my left hand. If I do him with my right, it will go much quicker. And he's excited now. And he oh, yeah, yeah. Very, he wants to test himself. He probably hasn't swashbuckled, fought, fought anyone with a, a sword in, in a while. And I thought this was pretty cool, even as a kid. Of he, there, he's showing that Inigo is honorable. Yep. Throws on the rope, brings him up, and Inigo's backstory. Yep. So his <laughs> father was making a sword for uh, a swordsman. The swordsman decided he was not going to pay for it and um, right. took the sword and killed his father. And when Inigo challenged him, he basically cut both his cheeks and just told him off and yeah. left him. He was 11 years old, so yeah, 11. I mean, what could he have done anyway? Yeah. So, and, that, and then he vowed revenge from that day on yep. to find the man. And the way to find him yes. is that he has six fingers on his six right fingers. hand. And he will go up to the man and say, Hello, my name is Inigo Ventoyo. You killed my father. Prepare to die. 
and it's an amazing line. That that definitely stuck to me. Like I like this character as a kid. Yeah. I love. I think he's a great, interesting character because at first you're thinking that oh, just you get the slimiest sleaze bags, bad guys, and he turns out okay. He's, he's put in a bad position. Yeah. They said that he was a drunk afterwards. Yep. Even though he studied uh, sword fighting for twenty years. Uh, they said that he said oh, yeah. he's been chasing him for 20 years and that's when the man in black was like, oh, so you've been studying for 20 years. He's like, I've been doing a, more of the chasing yeah. and then the study. Yeah. And then you realize, oh yeah. And drinking too. Yeah. So, so he hasn't been <laughs> completely, completely de- dedicating himself mm-hmm. to the art, but mm-hmm. he has natural talent for it. And they go back and forth on, on top of these old ruins on top of the uh, cliffs of insanity. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed the fight scene. Yeah, well choreographed. Really well choreographed. And these two, I think they did all of it except for a couple of flips here and there. Yeah, I only think those are the only things they did do. I think they did it themselves and it looked amazing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they were doing both of them were fighting left handed, then they switch to right hand and it gets a little more intense. But then you can see the man in black is obviously better. I didn't like it that he lost. I wanted Indigo to lose. You don't like it when anyone loses. I like him more than a man in black because I'm sympathetic to his character. (laughs) The one thing uh, before that fight that I noticed that I didn't pay any attention to before, but I did this time round, was Inigo is saying that, you know, he's left handed. Mm -hmm. Well, his sword is holstered in a way that when you pull it out, you have to pull it with your right hand. That's true. So he's obviously lying. Now, Mm -hmm. when the man in black comes up. He pulls his sword out from behind, behind yes. and it's naturally positioned to be pulled out by left-handed. So he was prepared to bluff, whereas oh. Indigo wasn't prepared to bluff. Well, the man in black is definitely, he knows his stuff. He learned lots. He paid attention. Yeah, he, he did. I did. I noticed that. You're right. So Inigo loses, and the man in black just knocks him out because he would rather, was it, destroy a... a no, a, 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 uh, a stained glass window than a mm-hmm. artist as yourself. Yep, knocks him out and then continues. Inconceivable, I can't believe he's still chasing. It's like the third time <laughs> he said that. And tells uh, tells Andre, Throw, pick up a rock, or, or, or how do I do it, or something like no, that. No, he said, do it your way. And he's like, what is my way? Oh, yes. I don't know, pick up a rock and hit him with it. Well, right. My way doesn't seem very sportsmanlike. <laughs> oh, Andre, you're so charming. <laughs> Waits around some boulders and then throws a rock. Wait, it was a warning. <clears throat> does a warning shot yeah. at the man in black and says, "I could have killed you if I wanted to. Let's do. Uh, let's fight like men. Let's put our weapons down and just pummel each other." <laughs> so of course, <laughs> man in black can't do anything. What? Oh, I, oh, oh, oh! Did I wait? Did I? Did I spoil it? It's obviously what. <laughs> I'm gonna have to beep that out later. You really? I'll beep it out for you. Okay. Fine, you're making more work for me. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Andre is huge. His head is enormous. He jumps on his back, starts choking him. Yeah. As his only only way of fighting him. And Andre says he hasn't fought single. He's uh, single combat. He usually fights groups of people. Yeah, up to like so, twelve or something. Something like that. that which half you, a dozen. You maybe. can believe another excuse why this little guy takes him out. Yeah. Chokes him out. Rolls him over. He's unconscious, still alive, and says, uh, "I don't. You're gonna have a bad headache when you wake up, but, you're, but until then, dream of." Big women. Continues on away. Flips his sword up all cool-like and runs oh, yeah, off. yeah, he did flip up his sword with his foot. Catches up to Inconceivable. <laughs> I guess he has real name. I never knew it as a kid. Actually, they rarely said the it. Yeah, the Sini, they, yeah. They only mention it once in yeah. a while, but yeah. He's sitting now because he realized that he can't. Yeah, there's nothing he can do. To he's nothing he can do to get away from this guy. He's obviously much more physical fit. So he says uh, a, a battle of wits. 
what what do you, okay let's just think what if the man in black didn't have the poison wasn't prepared for this what mm-hmm. would what would Vizzini do as his I his don't know battle of because this shows that he's actually an idiot yes it does show he's an idiot which so is very funny. you who knows <laughs> what they would have came up with but I I think he, I think Vizzini just would have said hey what's that over there and then probably just tried stabbing him. I think probably. that would probably be the best the best move that he's got. Yeah. Man in Black takes two glasses, the two uh, crunk glasses of wine, <laughs> and puts poison in one of them. Okay, you pick which one is it. And he, oh, he does do that. What's yeah. that over there? So I guess that would have been... <laughs> yeah. Subconsciously, that must have been in my head. <laughs> Switches the, the wine goblets and then drinks and laughs, you idiot, and dies. Yeah. A good, quick death. I think was funny. Just falls out. Mm-hmm. I'm dead. Blah. Unties Buttercup, and she says, "Oh, I grew a, a tolerance to uh, the iocane powder poison. Yep. Iocane powder. Can you do that? I don't know. But uh, after <laughs> this movie, I always <laughs> brought up the fact that you could slowly do things and build up an immunity to it. So <laughs> that's what it taught me as a kid. <laughs> yep. Good thing I didn't test is, it. it. Is iocane real? I didn't even no, I don't it. think it's real. It's probably not. Maybe it is. I don't know. It's from Australia. There's a there's a lot of poisonous oh, things. Out everything there. everything's out there to kill you in Australia. Jeez. They start running, and this entire time, uh, Prince Humperdick, who is shown to be an awesome hunter, tracker. Well, they didn't show it. They just say it. Well, he's he's tracking them, and he's like, oh, there. Oh yeah, they. He shows. Yeah. Oh, there was a a big fight big, here. Big fight here yeah. A big master swordsman. Then oh, there's yeah. a he he fought the giant and won. Yeah. And then comes up. Oh, we're an hour behind. He killed the Vizzini. And so Buttercup and Wesley, oh, no. Yeah, she figures it out. Well, eventually she figures it out. And well, because he, he gives gives away the as you wish as she kicks him down the hillside. Yeah, because was, he was mad at her saying. I don't know if he was mad at her. I think, I he, think was, he was mad at her because. There's a bit of that, and it's also testing to find out where she is because he he does think that as far as he knows she is going to marry the prince yes and he just has to figure out where she's at yeah it is it and she definitely says oh i don't love him i had no other choice but he keeps pressing after that so there's a bit of an act going on yeah and then she gets pissed and just pushes him down a long uh, ravine i guess i would say two football fields long of a ravine <laughs> and instantly he he rolls down and says as you wish and, and then she willingly throws herself down the cliffside after him oh, oh my dear wesley was what have i done dumb God, that looks like it hurts it looks like it hurts luckily most, most of it's grass there's a couple rocks to be afraid of uh, yeah so they're being chased by prince humperdinck and they decide well we're going to go to into the the fire swamp and to, he to figured escape him. humperdinck figures that that's what they're going to do, so they're going to go around the swamp and be on the other side. Yep, they got horses, and so they go around. While you're going through the fire swamp, you're showing how useless Buttercup is. She can't do anything. He's She's very much a damsel in distress yep. at this so point far, yeah. here, as there's fire being shot out of the ground. There's quicksand. It's not quicksand. Lightning it's sand. Lightning sand, because right. it's faster than quick. <laughs> yeah, and then instead of calling giant rats, they're rodents, rodents of unusual size. size. Yes, and they attack Wesley, and she's just standing there the entire time. Oh, what do she I do? picks up a log and then pokes Ta- it in the face and kind of hits it <laughs> in the face. <laughs> they look worse now seeing them than as a kid. The rats, the the costumes. I opinion. always, even as a kid, yeah. knew that they they mm-hmm. were people inside sure. it, it's it's that obvious 
but it's also more about fun at this point. Because even the reveal of them is fun in the fact of you see them, yes. you hear Buttercup Cup talk about them, and like, oh, what about these? And you see his reaction seeing them because yeah, he sees he them, sees them. But he's, she doesn't. He's like, I'm not going to worry her about this. Yep. Then she brings him up, and he's like, yeah, no, no, no. It's and then fine. <laughs> gets tackled by one. Yep. It's fun, so it doesn't matter. I suppose so. <laughs> they don't spend too much more time in there as they, as they get out, and but instantly captured by Prince Humperdinck. Yep. His, and she makes a, says, uh, let him live, and, and I'll marry you. She, she goes away, and that's what the uh, six-fingered figure, man is the... Uh, Count. I was going to say Count Drogo, but that's... Count Dooku? Count Rogo? Rogo! That Rogo. sounds right. It starts with an R and there's a G in there. Yeah. I, he was just a six-fingered man. Yeah. That's all that matters. And it's Christopher Guest. And that was weird, not knowing, obviously, who he was as a kid. Yeah, but, no, I, I didn't know who he was as a Oh, kid. he's the one who made all those movies. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty good bad guy. I liked him. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, and Prince Humperdick is the actor who plays uh, a vampire in Fright Night. Yeah, like and the, he's the voice of uh, Jack Skellington in that uh, Nightmare for Christmas. Huh. But, of course, the six-finger man is, oh, yeah, we're going to put you in a torture chamber yeah. in a side of put a hole in a machine. Mm-hmm. The machine. <laughs> Hook him up to the machine. That just cuts back to, yeah, she has a dream. Boo. Boo. She has a dream that she had already married. Yeah. That's when. the yeah. same scene where she was introduced, but now she's married to the prince. And mm-hmm. At the edge of the walkway is uh, amazingly makeuped and dressed. Her eyebrows lady. are crazy. Just this old lady witch oh, thing. Just hilarious. saying that you're such a jerk for giving up on on true love. Yeah, and that's when she, that's when Buttercup wakes up and goes to Prince Hupperdick. and and then in the real world, uh, now that um, the grandson is completely into the story, he's getting pissed off at his yeah. grand grand. Uh, father just he doesn't win how does what this doesn't make any sense this is bullshit <laughs> prince buttercup worried about wesley and yeah. saying asking uh humperdick to i i don't love you and i'm never gonna love you please could you send out word to get wesley back and he says oh of course i'll send my fastest uh six, six fastest ships yeah whatever ships go find his, his his ship and and, yeah. and bring him back to you because i'm such a good guy and but if he says no that's right please consider me over suicide uh, that's that's right she's gonna kill herself and that's the agreement then a couple yeah. a week two weeks whatever amount of days that she will then okay marry him if, if wesley doesn't come back well yep. yeah um and I think then the mistake is made that that he he said after days go by he says to her, uh, "Oh, this is our wedding day, and afterwards we're going on a honeymoon, and I'll have my entire fleet yep. fleet there to greet you." And she says, "But what about those ships that you sent out?" Oh, I uh, oh, ow, son of a yeah. And of course the, they won't be there. Of course they won't be there. And she gets mad and says, "Yeah, you didn't send them. You didn't send them at all. Of course not." And that's when he goes down and uh, all the way up to 50. All the way up to 50, not 11, 50. He just burst right through that 11. (laughs) So Wesley's screaming. He's dying. Yeah. And you hear it all throughout uh, the kingdom, him him screaming. And they're they're, uh, emptying out the nearby village because they don't want anybody nearby when the wedding's happening. 
So they have the brute squad oh, going through the squad. village, uh, emptying out, and um, they're they're having problems with one uh, drunk Spaniard. Drunk Spaniard. So they bring it. They get they get the biggest guy on the brute squad, which happens <laughs> who, who to be Fezzik. Oh, Fezzik's back. And yep. then Fezzik, <laughs> instead of taking care of Inigo, he like knocks out the guard that brought him there, mm-hmm. and then. Nurses Inigo back to health, yeah, and then the plan is he tells him that that the Six Finger Man is actually at the castle with Humperdick. We're gonna go and fight them, but they realize, oh, there's thirty guards. There's no way, and that's when they go looking around. They hear the screaming hear the of scream. Wesley dying, and they know it has to be him because the only person who is called for ultimate suffering. <laughs> Is the man whose sure. true love is getting married that same day. Of course. It all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Anigo uses his uh, go- father's ghost sword as a um, divining rod yeah. and finds a hollow tree yep. accidentally. But he's dead. He's dead. Wesley died. But wait a minute. How much money do they have? They're going to buy a miracle. They're going to buy a miracle for Miracle Max. And Billy Crystal is Miracle Max with yep. way too much old makeup. <laughs> Again, it was fun. It was fun. As a kid, I always thought he was like a, a different race or something. I was thinking like an elf or like a like a gnome. I could see that, like a type, gnome. An old yeah. gnome thing. As a kid, I didn't like it because, and these are themes you're going to hear more and more. It was loud and annoying when they're yelling at each other. The the, the Miracle Max and Valerie's wife, yeah. they're just yelling at each other. I, tu- I think I tuned out as a kid. Whatever, just get to more sword fighting. And then as an adult, I didn't find Billy Crystal funny. To me, he has his few lines He's that are sh- funny, and then yeah, it's it's his shtick. It's his shtick. I actually I kind of like the scene. I don't know. I I mean, if you haven't grown up with Billy Crystal, you may that might up, be it. End up and just being be like, eh, not for me. Kind of. It's not for me. It's for Rob Reiner, the director, because he had to leave set because he was just cracking up so much that he couldn't even be there anymore. Probably just let him go and then yeah. edit around it. So maybe he had some more funny lines that were over oh, I the bet. top. Yeah, and just... just rein them in enough to get the cuts you need. <laughs> it was a really very quick scene. He's still alive. He's he's mostly dead. But they uh, give him a chocolate pill. Yeah. This will wake him up no problem. Uh, they leave, and this, this line is funny. They say, have fun storming the castle. And they just said, okay, let's give him the pill. And the the physical comedy of Carrie uh, Eloise wakes up instantly. I'm gonna fight you. What's happening? You yeah. Can't remember. Mostly paralyzed. It seems. Yeah. <laughs> like they're obviously cheating it a little bit. A little bit, but it's really it's very funny how yes. they're moving them around. And then the master plan comes in. And what what is the master plan? So he wants the wheelbarrow. Then he wanted a Holocaust cloak, which <laughs> Andre the Giant got off of Billy Crystal. Because it fits so well on Andre the Giant, which is Wait, a hilarious side joke. Wait, did he say Holocaust cloak? Yes. Uh, what? I thought you were making that no, up. No way. They really call it that. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, get some cloaked because they're gonna dress up Andre the Giant as as a, a giant dread pirate Robert. And then they set him on fire. Set him on fire. <laughs> of course, it scatters all 60 of the people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Instantly. Leaves the key guard by himself. Yep. They get in. And as a kid, I thought the the clergyman who's marrying them, who can't speak correctly, says Mawage. Yeah. Not funny. I like oh, it. You still like it? Because it, it's not overdone. It's not. It's subtle. It's more British humor. Yeah, it is more British. For style. me, it just didn't hold up anymore. The it, three heroes, yeah. yeah, are inside the the castle now. Yeah, and they see the six fingered man. 
So Inigo chases mm. him, yep. pulls Andre the Giant to knock down a door, <laughs> and then continues chasing him. Andre the Giant goes back to where he left uh, Wesley. Yeah. Wesley is gone. gone. So now Andre the Giant just walks away. Mm-hmm. Well, I liked before that where Inigo, they're in the hallway, and the, the six-figure man has, sends four cronies after him, and he dispatches them easily. Yeah. And now it's going to be a one-on-one, and six-figure man just... Turns tail and runs. Yeah. No, uh, no way. I'm not fighting this guy. Then runs through a bunch of doors. Yeah. Finally catches up to him, and then he throws a dagger into Anigo's stomach. Yep. And he goes and he goes down, and he says, "I'm sorry, father." Uh, we cut back really quick to Buttercup, who's going to go kill himself, kill her herself with a dagger. And but somehow Wesley has made it onto her bed, and then she jumps on him, and they start wow. making out. But then we cut back to the much more interesting scene of Inigo, if you want to. Uh, yeah, so then uh, the Six-Fingered Man comes in to finish him off, but mm-hmm. Inigo deflects. So he stabs him in the arm, deflects again, stabs him in the oh, other yeah. arm, and then this time Inigo starts moving forward yeah. with his mantra of, I'm Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepare to die. and Powers him up. Yep, it's awesome. Keeps going, and then basically... He just disarms shot. the six-fingered man and then gives him the exact same wounds yeah, that, that the six-fingered awesome. man gave him. He says, uh, promise me money, and then slashes him across the, yeah. the cheek. Promise me power, slashes him across the other cheek, and then says, uh, offer me anything I ask for. And he's and the six-fingered man says something like, um, sure, I'll give you whatever you want. And then he stabs him, and ego stabs him through the chest saying, uh, give me my father back, you son of a bitch. Oh, it's so good. And then you find out behind the scenes what was going through Manny Patinkin's mind. His whole acting method behind it was Mandy's father died of cancer. And so in his yeah, brain, right. the six-figure man was cancer. He he basically was trying to track down the thing that killed his father in real life. And when he stabbed them, there was like a release for the actor as yeah. well. That he finally got revenge on the thing that killed his father. That's just... Very amazing. It, it adds, I think it really adds a lot more to the scene, and you can see that Mandy is acting his ass off in all of this. Yeah, I mean, that whole <laughs> sequence is, you, you buy into that's Completely. the moment that that's happening. Good scene. Oh, so mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Now we're back in the bedroom. Prince Humberdick is there. Wesley barely stands up enough to intimidate him with a sword. The good speech of, we'll, we'll fight to the pain and tell you what to oh. the pain means. And my ears, I know. No, your ears will stay so that oh, every shrieking right. babe, every woman that cries out, dear God, what is that thing? <laughs> forgot. Will ring through your perfectly good ears. S- sits down, ties him up. Um, and it wraps up pretty quickly then. Uh, Andre, uh, yeah. yeah, Andre got, got three white horses and... Four white horses. Oh, four white horses because he... Just in case you get the you save the special lady. Yeah. Hi, lady. <laughs> they jump on the horses and ride off. Give it a happy ending, and then mm-hmm. Grandpa says, "Well, you don't want to hear the final oh. bit because there's kissing, and it's the okay. kids like it's okay. It's okay. And then they talk about the, they just do the kiss, and that's like yeah. thirty seconds, and mm-hmm. then the movie. And that's, that's it. it. Grandpa wraps up his story. Kid says, "Can you come back tomorrow? Read it again." Mm-hmm. And yeah. Grandpa says, "As you wish." That was really good, and just goes. Into uh, the credits, which I also like, and 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 movies that end like this. It shows um, scenes again that you liked, yeah, a quick, and then who the actors are and who they portrayed. So obviously, I I saw this with different eyes. As yeah, I know it's a fairy tale, but some things it stuck out to me. Yeah. This movie, I I watch it, and I'm still a kid watching it. Okay. I know a lot of people say that they saw us as kids 
grow up and then they have kids themselves and, and hand it down that way yeah, I, to show it to their kids. I think, I think a, that's the way to a see kid it. watching it today yes. would be just as excited to watch it as they would Definitely. before. Not like you're going to put it on and leave the room. No, you'll, you'd uh, probably want to watch it with You're going to watch it again and, and share that with your, with your kids. So I, I think that's the best way of probably watching it. Quite a few years ago that I solidly put this one at my number one movie of all time. Really? Uh, wow. And that's because it has everything, to me, a movie should have. Okay. And for me growing up, I think Carrie Elwes was kind of like a role model in this I, role for me. And uh, growing up with you, I could see that. But yeah, this <laughs> this also really got me interested in sword fighting in the uh-huh. way of um, fencing. All right. Yep. So uh, if you want to... Drop us a message. Let us know what you think. Let us know what we should think. <laughs> you can go to uh, um, the Rewinders Podcast on gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Uh, also on iTunes. Download us. Rate and review. See what Subscribe. you think. Subscribe would also be awesome. Prove to your friends that you listen to this. <laughs> That'd be greatly appreciated. How do we wrap up this one? Uh, we say catchphrase. Oh, we're just going to, yeah. Catchphrase! No, not catchphrase. Like, as you wish, or... Anybody got a peanut? Oh, there we go. Peanut.